Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Welcome to another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. This is Mary Simon, and I am joined by Erica, Amy, Liz, and Elizabeth. So we've got the whole gang here today. Today we are recording for the first time since the COVID lockdown at our office, obviously while practicing social distancing measures. We had a series of pre-recorded podcast episodes prior to this episode coming out, but we thought that, you know, it'd, it'd be timely for us to insert an episode about COVID and working from home and some of the struggles and benefits that come with working from home. At the Simon Law Firm, it's going on about three months now of folks working from home, which is surprising to even say, but this is the first time I've been in the office since early March. But with that being said, we wanted to address some of the issues that have come up with working from home, both struggles and also benefits that we've gained or learned about ourselves and our ability, productivity level that we can attain while working at home versus working in the office. So Amy, I first wanna ask you about what do you think has been the biggest benefit or alternatively, the biggest pitfall for you working at home? Thank you, Mary. Appreciate it. So a little bit of background. I did leave the office early March for our little spring break. And the office closed the week that we were gone. So I did pop into the office the first day I was back just to gather things because I am not 100% electronic on all of my cases. I like paper. I like reading depositions that are in front of me that I can mark on. And I just had this panic attack of really, I have to have stuff in my hands. And so I popped in to the office on that Sunday after returning and literally just grabbed a whole bunch of stuff and got back in my car and drove back to my home. and where we have been ever since. The other complicating thing about uh, my beginning journey at home was our kitchen was being renovated. And I have a little office, well, it's not really an office, I have a little desk in the kitchen that was not available. My husband works from home. So we were sharing an office. And that is, you know, there can be too much sharing uh, (laughs) when you live together. So, and he was wonderful, actually, in one of the, one of the interesting things about this lockdown for us on a personal note is that we've actually gotten along very well. I come from a mindset that you need to be at the office and I would work from home occasionally if I had meetings closer to my home in the afternoon I wouldn't come all the way back downtown so obviously you can work from home but just getting my my mind around the idea that I could do it well was something that I wasn't comfortable with originally. The benefit is, guess what I am? I, I am very efficient at working from home. But again, I have a really easy home life for that to happen. Children that are older, a husband that's used to working from home as well. And it was it, it has been very efficient. And then meeting with my team via Zoom, pretty much more often than we ever did when we were all in the office, right, Liz? I mean, we're we're definitely (laughs) having very regular Zoom meetings, which I think has contributed to the efficiency of the group. So 
lucky in that I have the right circumstances to be efficient um, and just very privileged that I have a position that we can certainly continue to work very hard for our clients with the only caveat really being the loss of the jury trial. And we don't know when we're going to get that back. Thanks, Amy. Uh, what about you, Erica? I know that you've got a little bit of a different circumstance at home, and I'm wondering how the transition's been for you. So uh, my wife and I both work full-time. Her work also translated to home, so she was able to do her job at home as well. And we have a one-and-a-half-year-old, and our daycare closed. So the three of us have been home for about three months together. I think probably a month into that, we contacted our daycare to see if anyone was available to help us out with some childcare. So we were super fortunate to have my daughter's favorite daycare teacher coming over Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings, which the second that started, you could just see the delight in my kids' eyes to have a change of people. (laughs) Um, But I think that transitioning to working from home full-time, parenting full-time, and struggling with a spouse to kind of claim your time has been really hard for us to get used to. We've totally made it work, and I will agree with Amy, and I think the most surprising thing is how well we've gotten along. Kristen, we usually work in the morning, and I'd take Charlotte, and then, you know, we'd switch. And I would be so exhausted and, like, sit down to my desk at 12.30, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I think I've lived a day and a half by this point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But... Any parent who has been going through these last couple weeks will be out there, you know, thinking, oh, man, I have three kids between three and ten. Or, you know, everyone has had a different situation. And if you haven't had kids to run after, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah, and it's been fun. Uh, I've called Erica quite a few times while working at home, and I have heard Charlotte in the background. <laughs> yes. It's, it's funny. Just... I always pick up your call when I'm with Charlotte yes. or Amy. Like, we've been doing that, too. And yeah. and I'm like, well, these gals won't mind if, yes. if Charlotte, Absolutely. you know, interjects yeah. with a joyous scream in yeah. the background. I usually end the phone call by telling Erica to send me a picture of Charlotte, because that always brightens my day. <laughs> Liz, I know that you also have different circumstances than Amy and Erica, and I'm curious to know uh, what you think about your biggest benefit or pitfall from working at home, or just something that has been the biggest adaptation you've had to make. Yeah, so... My situation is different than both Amy and Erica in that I don't have children. Erica, I love your child, but I have a sister who was 12 years younger than me, and I remember when she was born and just how much work kids are, especially when they're that little and they need so much attention. And so right now, I'm so thankful that it's just my husband and me and our two cats who are also a bit whiny, but they also sleep a lot and can entertain themselves for the majority of the day. And that's our my situation right now. It's just husband and cats. And I will say that when the news of coronavirus first really broke in the United States back in eh, late mid to late January, I had paid special attention to it because the night before that story broke, I had watched the movie Contagion. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It just, it happened to be on TV. I happened to watch it. It had been my first time seeing it. And so when I saw the NPR story the following morning, my brain immediately went to, 
oh no, I would totally be Gwyneth Paltrow in this situation. I am patient zero. <laughs> I immediately went to the worst case scenario. And so as c coronavirus sort of developed and we started to realize that this is pretty serious, it's more than just the common flu, we should be uh, preparing ourselves I went into preparation mode and I started getting a room ready just in case. I set up my home office pretty early. I made my makeshift standing desk. I got a second monitor down there. My husband and I had a game plan. We started stocking up on food, <laughs> toilet paper. I'm not gonna tell anyone where I live because my house is gonna get raided first because <laughs> we, were, we were ready. And I think it's because we watched the movie the night before. Um, I, I felt prepared for it and it has been not so bad. My husband has been able to continue working. I've been able to continue working. We both have jobs that keep us really busy. I work a full day every day all week and, and so does Steve. So we, we have our setup where he is completely separate from me. We, we again, planned early. He's upstairs, I'm downstairs. And we only see each other at meals and in the evening when we would usually see each other. And that's, it's worked out really well. And so while I'm looking forward to getting back into the office, hopefully soon, and seeing my colleagues every day and being able to have those interactions, I'm okay right now working from home. I think, though, that the biggest problem that I have faced is just organization, trying to work within a team it can be a bit more difficult when everything is online or trying to do it virtually. There have been a couple of things that have sort of slipped through the cracks that maybe wouldn't otherwise, and, and I've been able to fix them, but in, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking if I was in the office, if I had my calendar you know, right there in front of me and I had my assistant right there next to me, maybe this wouldn't have happened. But, but overall, it's not been so bad, and, and I am thankful that that's my situation. And Elizabeth, what about you? Same question. Sure. I think it's funny we've gone to the person that has the most people in their house to the least because <laughs> yeah. I live alone here in St. Louis. And uh, that's perfectly fine most of the time. And I'm sure most of the people now who have been quarantined with their families would absolutely love to live alone right now. But when all this started happening and it found out that the office was going to close, I decided that you know, I just wouldn't be able to live alone. I'm a hypochondriac. It'd been a week of this. And I was like, I definitely have it. And I'm going to die here. Alone. <laughs> I, like, I didn't even have a thermometer. Maybe I have a fever right now. I have no idea. So my mom was like, yeah, you, you should. I, I think you should come home. I'm like, all right, that's fine. So my dad works from home anyway. My mom was working from home. So three adults working full-time jobs in a house. It was fine. Some days I feel like I'm 16 again with a full-time job as a lawyer so it's, yeah. it's kind of weird and you know I'm sure that there are other young professionals who have you know done the same thing as me and it it has its challenges I'm I've always been someone who's felt like they needed to be 100% accessible all of the time which I think you know working from home now is like one of the first weeks and um, another lawyer I work with was like yeah we have all of the time in the world now and it's like <laughs> well I mean yeah I, the time I have now is the same as it was then. I, I, but, you know, so I think that that has been a little bit stressful. Like, okay, well, you know, it's 8.30 at night. I don't need to answer that email. I don't need to answer the phone. But so I think that's been a big struggle for me. Another one is that I'm still very new at this, and I'm still trying to learn how to be a lawyer. And doing that remotely is uh, 
sometimes difficult and you're just like this can't be a question that I have or just like logistics of things that feel too silly to ask so but you know I mean I'm still thankful to have a job. I think one of the things that has been a theme after everyone has shared is having a work day. What does your work day look like from home and Elizabeth to your point of do I answer the email at 8 p.m. do I not answer the email so I'm curious Amy what do you think about how to structure a work day? I have tried to keep my same schedule. The only difference being instead of driving 20, 25 minutes to work, I walk 20, 25 feet to my desk. <laughs> and in fact, I have come downtown a couple of times, a few times over the last few months. And that time in the car is kind of irritating now because it's just <laughs> taken me so long to get where I need to be to start my work. So I know that I have always needed a schedule. I've always needed a routine to, to be my best. I start my days now at, at 5.20 instead of 4.50. So pat myself nice. on the back for that. That's but I'm still- sleeping in. I basically, yeah. I mean, That's most awesome. people are like, seriously, that is embarrassing that you're sleeping so late. Um, I get up. I, I work out because that is part of what makes me feel good. And then instead, the only change sometimes is instead of just popping right into the shower and getting dressed, sometimes I sit down at the computer and just get ahead of the emails. And then it's totally anathema to my world typically, but then I'll take a shower instead of showering at 6.15 or 6.30, I shower at like 9 in the morning. It's like, And I <laughs> yeah. feel weird about it because I'm like... <laughs> Why? Everybody else is already at work, yeah. but it's just a different world. And so for me, it's very much been helpful to stay on that routine as much as I can. And then frankly, I usually work through lunch, even though that's, I do see my children and my husband, we do um, typically try to have a little bit of a lunch together because why not? And But keeping my kids' attention is pretty, pretty difficult. Uh, I mean, I'm competing with video games and Netflix and unlimited other electronic yeah. fun stuff. You didn't stand a chance. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> and I don't even out. try anymore. <laughs> but by five o'clock, y'all, I'm tired. And that's been surprising to me because I'm like, all I did was walk 20 feet and sit down and stare at a computer all day long or be on four different Zoom calls. How am I tired? I'm usually running around. I've always said I've got two speeds. I'm asleep or 100 miles an hour. So what is this? And I, it has just been trying to get used to something new. And I have allowed myself to not beat myself up, like, why are you so tired? Why are you so weak? Why are you tired at five o'clock? And the answer is, it's just a mental stress that we've all been through from the uncertainty of it all that breeds anxiety that we're all dealing with, even though everyone at this table is privileged. I know we all know that, um, but it is different for us way we're living our lives entirely and that just brings a lot of stress and concern that mentally exhausts me again telling myself I'm being very efficient and getting work done as much as I can trying to still do a lot of things that I like to do including mentoring and touching base with my staff touching base with friends with zoom and those types of things because I guess if I thought about it, it wouldn't have been unexpectedly exhausting. But when I did think about it, I gave myself a break. 
and I said, this is, this is different and it's okay to feel a little bit off. It's okay to feel a little bit down uh, and it's okay to feel a loss of what, what has been typical for me. And y'all, it's not going to be the same. And I'm just, I don't know exactly how it's going to be different entirely, but it going to be different. Yeah. yeah. And we all have to be on board with just accepting that, I think. And Amy, it makes me feel so much better hearing you say that you had to adapt to try to look what, try to figure out what a, a work day looks like from home, because I'm going to be honest, I've been working at home since mid-March, and I don't actually think I got into a healthy routine until maybe last week or a little bit, maybe in the last two weeks. I set myself up for failure immediately because in the first week to two weeks of working at home, I had a client calling me at 9 p.m. and I was answering the phone. Yep. And I just, I would never have that. I mean, there's got to be a real unique circumstance for that to happen on a given normal work day. So I have, you know, d done the extreme of 100 miles an hour till 10 p.m. each night to where it's 3 p.m. And I'm like, oh, I just, I don't think I can do any more work today. So I feel like it, it makes me feel comfort knowing that Amy is someone who has much more experience than I do. In some way, I can relate to you on that level. It just makes me feel like I'm not the only one who's trying to struggle to get through one normal, quote unquote, work day. Yeah. And Erica, I wanted to ask you the same question because I've always admired your ability to kind of compartmentalize your workspace from your home space. And now that those two are combined and you're breaking up your day with sharing childcare responsibilities with your wife, I'm just, what is that looking like for you? Like you said, I don't think we got into, or at least me, didn't get into a really healthy routine until maybe a month ago. And so I think hearing again, like Amy say like, hey, you know, I gave myself a break, you know, a pass. There's so much out of our control. Um, and I'm so thankful to have the opportunity to meet the challenges of what's going on because I know so many others don't. So they are challenges. They are specific to me in some ways, but I know that others have had a lot of other challenges. So I have proven to myself once again that we can adapt to anything. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I kind of feel like I'm in law school, actually, because in law school, you know, I did come home to my apartment and do homework until, you know, read case books and stuff like that until late at night. And I definitely feel like I'm doing that. <laughs> I'm throwing on my sweats. I'm getting in that office. I am like hammering away at stuff till 10 p.m. And I'm like, oh, man, it's bedtime. Yeah, <laughs> I, go to bed. I've talked to a handful of other law school classmates about their work from home situation. And we all thought that it was kind of akin to studying for the bar yeah. because days were really long. We didn't really know when you know, we should go to bed or if we should keep studying and keep working. And it also... Saturday felt the same as Tuesday. Exactly. Yeah. And that has been the case. It mm -hmm. really has. Yeah. And it's isolating. So I think that that also, it, it's weird to think that for me, because I just now am finding a healthy balance between work time and non-work time in the same space, it's weird for me to think that the, the interactions I was having with people were my work interactions. So it almost kept me wanting to keep working because I at least got to keep talking to people versus <laughs> just sitting in my apartment waiting for the next day to come. 
So you <laughs> can imagine how unhealthy it's been for me for the last month or so. I'm so happy to see you guys. Um, human interaction. Yay. Can we also revisit and tell our listeners this group has not not been in touch throughout this stay at home. We started with weekly happy hours and this virtual. W- virtual. Zoom. This will be a COVID blast from the past for all of us because it feels like it happened 10 years ago. We did have a Tiger th- King themed yes. Zoom yes. happy oh hour. God. Complete with costumes. <laughs> with costumes. like it was five years ago. Yeah. I forgot Tiger King was a thing. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. Right. I mean, it was at least a decade ago. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> so. even cares about Is Joe Exotic still in no. prison? Yes. Where is he? Two years. (laughs) Oklahoma in a cage. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, Liz again. Um, (laughs) It's interesting to hear everyone talk about their routine because when the stay-at-home orders first started and working from home first started, I went into this with sort of a military mindset of routine, routine, routine. I'm waking up at this time, you know, 7 a.m. sharp. You had a schedule. I, we saw it. Oh, yeah. I posted it. I I thought that I had figured it out, and this is how I was going to keep my sanity during quarantine. And about three weeks in, I said, this is awful. This sucks. I don't like doing this. I don't like having hours of operation for myself. And I sort of changed my mindset from I'm working from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. or, or whatever my, my schedule was. And I said, I'm going to set out tasks for myself. And I know that I'm going to stop working once I hit a certain number of hours in the day. And I'm going to work when I'm awake and feel like working, as long as I hit my hours during the day. And so some days I don't open my computer till 9, 9.30, a little bit later if I slept in. And then some days I'm up at 4 a.m. And I'll, I'll just a side note. Wait a minute. A couple... A couple weeks ago, Korea started. Korea started live baseball. Oh, that's right. Uh, yes. And my husband is a huge baseball fan, and he has really missed live sports. And so he has been watching the KBO league at 4 a.m. Though, and and, and live, because of the time live, difference, yeah. because of the time difference, ESPN aired it starting at 4:30 in the morning. Yeah. And so Steve was up at 4:30 in the morning Good watching Lord. baseball. And so when he got up, I got up too sometimes. And so there's some mornings I'm up at 4:30 watching Korean baseball (laughs) and we have both selected our teams and it's been it's been interesting for me too because I am from Korea so it's been this nice sort of connection culturally that I've I've really enjoyed but if I'm up at 4 30 working with KBO in the background (laughs) I'm not gonna be on my computer at 6 p.m. and so I have sort of abandoned structure and I have much more of a go with the work day flow attitude and that has been really beneficial for me I think everyone just needs and hopefully by this point has found what works for them and don't feel bad or guilty about it that email will be waiting for you when you get back just schedule everything and I think that's the best way to maintain productivity but also maintain your mental health which has been so key to um, getting through this And I want to ask Elizabeth about this because I feel like Elizabeth and I have a lot in common in terms of not only just being early on in our practice, but also 
leaning a lot on the attorneys that we work with for guidance on cases. So I was just kind of curious for you what the transition has been like working kind of in a team with other people and and how you kind of manage making your own schedule while as a new attorney working with someone else. Sure. Well, I've been working with the same team since I was a law clerk. So it's pretty hands off, I would say, the attorney that the, in particular that I work for. And I, that is one of the reasons why I really enjoy it. I have a decent amount of autonomy and there's a lot of trust there. So I know that I don't have to work the exact same hours as he does and like that's totally okay. But I also think that like I need to answer the phone when it rings. So it helps that if we're on the same schedule because he is very much like when he's in the zone, he needs the answers. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I, I work a lot with my dad. And anybody who's ever worked on a case with my dad, probably on any side of the case, knows that he is, if he has a goal, there's nothing getting in the way of him and his goal. And when that means there's a person now that he can call to get information electronically to him, it's, you know, sometimes in the middle of the day, I even think to myself, I'm like, well, do I keep working on this motion that I know I need to get done? Or should I stop what I'm doing and, you know, handle this? issue for him that I normally wouldn't have to if I was at the office because there's other people who are able to help with that. And I think that him being not only my dad, but he is my boss. So he and I have also kind of worked out this mutual respect for one another where I have had to say more often than I would if I was at the office, can I finish this first and then do that? And he's always like, absolutely, no problem. And obviously, if it's something that's super urgent and I can't do it, there's a whole team of people who can help get whatever needs to be done, done. Right. So I, I'm interested to hear what you all think about listeners to our podcast who might be in a situation like that, where they're kind of at the beckoning call of a more senior attorney. I mean, yeah. What do you think about it, Amy? I had to raise my hand <laughs> Yeah. because I wanted to be called on. I, and I may have already mentioned this before in our discussions, but you teach people how to treat you. If you teach people that you answer your phone at midnight, people are going to continue to call you at midnight because you've told them it's okay to call you at midnight. And I don't think you have to abide by that, that their rules. Have the conversation. I like to believe not everybody is so hard and fast in what they want. They can't work with their staff. You just have to educate them on what works for you. You do not have to believe that there's only one way for things to get done, and that is his way or her way or your your supervisor's way. If you feel like all you can do is answer that phone because of whose name is popping up on your phone, regardless of what time it is, you are letting that happen, and you're gonna it's gonna breed resentment to a certain extent. Everyone is allowed to have a work day and a weekend in our profession. We're lucky about that, I know. And you have to set those boundaries. And it's not easy and not always an easy conversation. There might be a little bit of pushback. But if you don't set those boundaries, you can't expect people to abide by boundaries they're not aware of. So... That's my two cents worth on that. Yeah, and it setting or having the conversation earlier helps avoid those resentments. 
Absolutely. I remember reading once about resentments and it's it it was something to the extent of an expectation is just a resentment waiting to happen. And I think that that's pretty on on point with what you're talking about is you expect, whether it's an attorney who's working for you or the attorney you're working for, if you have an expectation that they're only going to work in an eight-hour workday that you also work in and they're calling you outside of that, it just is getting to you. So you might as well just have the conversation um, and find a way that works uh, for both you and the other person you're working with. I think a huge benefit to working from home, I, I, don't, I don't think it's a benefit of working from home, but I think it's a benefit of being more productive is teamwork that working from home has taught me, especially in regards to what a workday looks like. And I have worked with my paralegal to learn really to respect the hours more of what a workday looks like for her and for me. So there's more coordination. And I think when there's more coordination, there's more productivity. So this has been a great episode, not just because I I love all of the advice and the conversation we've had, but just I miss all of your faces so much. So I'm so (laughs) glad to to see you all and be able to, to have this conversation in person. And for any of our regular listeners, you know that what we like to do at a lot of Uh, at the end of a lot of episodes is a takeaway. What did you learn from this conversation that we've had? And we're going to do a little bit of a spin on that. This is your takeaway that you're bringing back. What is the strength that you have discovered about yourself or, you know, the takeaway you've had from working from home that you're going to bring back to the office once life, fingers crossed, comes back to normal? Erica, Do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I have two brief things that come to mind. One is we've had, I've had so much more coordination with my team. So my paralegal and I have had Zoom meetings where we go through our whole case list and the tasks on that case list. If you recall, I am the taskmaster of the group. (laughs) We review that almost every week. And not only does it help me stay on track uh, as days are running together, but I've heard several times from my paralegal how much it has helped her keep the priorities straight on our case list and know what needs to be dealt with first and things that can be put on the back burner. So I think we will continue that, um, whether it's in person or however. The other thing that I think has been really important for me, when we first started working from home, as many did, I had a quick panic and I really took a holistic look at my case list. And in my head, at least, really looked at what I can move quickly and what I needed to plan out as far as what needed to be done in that case. And before that, I feel like I was just kind of working day to day and dealing with, you know, what was coming up and whatever case was on my radar. So now I think coming back to the office from working at home, I will take a much more holistic approach to planning and looking at all my cases as a body of work that all needs to be coordinated and work together continuously as opposed to just addressing what is hot. Thanks, Erica. Elizabeth, I'm going to toss the question to you. Sure. So as I mentioned earlier, I found that working from home and, you know, everyone working remotely, it's been challenging for me as a young lawyer to kind of develop my own skill set. But I think that one, you know, bright side of that is that I've learned to um, trust my instincts more and take more initiative in my cases and just kind of stop 
always second guessing and like asking those follow up questions that don't always need to be asked. And because, you know, I've been doing this long enough and I know a lot of you younger lawyers that I might be listening have been doing this long enough to know that like, you know, the right decision that needs to be made, you know, what needs to be filed. So you don't need to get that extra permission to do it. You just need to take the initiative and do it. I love that. Don't need the extra permission. Mary, I'm going to throw the question to you now. I think the biggest thing that I've learned that helps my practice and and me and my mental health, honestly, is checking in with my colleagues. I have really, really appreciated the, the intention that has to come behind any words or any message you send or any email you send or phone call you make while you're working at home. And having regular having regular check-ins with you all and just asking how are you is something that I never want to take for granted and I'm so happy to work at a firm with um, such amazing lawyers especially amazing women that I can check in with and ask how are you and I'm I'm looking forward to doing that more often when we're back in the office. Amy? I've been scribbling a few notes while you all talk. Each each line that I write gets a little more philosophical. My practical answer is, I don't think I ever have to travel again for a deposition. I mean, for fun, I, I miss that, but I'm not sure I ever actually have to travel again for a deposition. I've learned that I can do a good job for my client, even presenting my own expert over a Zoom or WebEx. And I wasn't confident in that before now. So I think that's a good thing. And I told myself I was gonna stop saying I think all the time. So I'm gonna try to stop saying I think. Obviously, if I'm saying it, that's what I think. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> that's a good thing. The, the more philosophical answer is change can be good. I am stuck in my ways to a certain extent I don't love change. I like my routines, as I said earlier. When everything is turned on its head, you can come out the other side okay, and that's a good life lesson to learn even as you're nearing 50, like myself. Change is sometimes good. Uh, tradition isn't always the only way to be and the only way to go. 2020 is going to be it's going to go down in history, I think, on so many levels for so many people, just a terrible year. But I take solace in the, in the idea and the belief that we're all going to be okay. We're going to be fine. And I've found myself saying that to myself, to my family, uh, to my colleagues, because I truly believe it. We have, we have the resources, thankfully, to get past a lot of the challenges that we're facing now to come out better on the other side. And, and I do think that is, again, I think, that is my personal challenge. How can I grow from this? How can I be better at what I do? These are, all, these are all great answers. And the downfall of being the last person is that <laughs> everyone gives such phenomenal answers and you're thinking, <laughs> oh no, everyone's used up all the good ones. And so I'm going to sort of take a, go the same route as Amy and offer it more of a, a philosophical um, 
uh, approach to you know what my what my takeaway that I'm bringing back is, and that is that something that has that I've seen come out of this social distancing, coronavirus, lockdown, quarantine, is that even though we are not allowed to see each other or we're not supposed to, and, and a lot of people have been separated from their families and from their friends, and that can be very isolating, um, this has been a great opportunity for me to reconnect with people and you know, people checking in on me, me checking in on people. And I don't want to lose that once we get back to normal. I, I want to make sure that I'm still, you know, keeping in touch with people that matter so much for me and not just when it's convenient for me or if I need something. Um, and I, I remember during one of our first attorney meetings, um, John started the meeting by just saying, hey, how's everyone doing? Just want to check in on everyone, see, see how everyone's holding up. And it's a very small gesture, but to me that meant a lot because some of my friends um, at other firms and in some other industries, when they would have meetings with, with their supervisors, it was all business all the time. There was not any um, moment taken to really address how, how severe this can be on someone's mental health. And, and that's what I'm, I'm hoping to take away and, and bring back is just we should care about people and we should keep in mind that everyone is facing a different struggle and, you know, everyone's running their own race and just be mindful of that and hopefully just be a little more kind. So now that my very fluffy, you know, feel-good answer is out there, thank you all for listening to our, you know, podcast, the previous episodes and and tuning into this one. I know this kind of came in the middle uh, it was a little bit more, more unplanned, but we're really glad that we had this opportunity to talk to you all. And if you have any questions or comments, either coronavirus related or not coronavirus related, please reach out to us at heelsinthecourtroom.law. And we have new episodes dropping every Wednesday. So until next time, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Heels in the Courtroom is brought to you by The Simon Law Firm. Connect with Amy, Liz, Mary, Erica, or Elizabeth at heelsinthecourtroom.law.